Hi, my name is Vicky Huang. Hi, my name is Ang Lee. Welcome to our podcast, Lost Slurp, where two working journalists talk about everything from China, Korean dramas, and Asian food to working in journalism. I hope you enjoy our weekly chit chat. Please hit that subscribe button if you want to stay in touch. Welcome to episode four of Lost Slurp. I'm your host Ang, and I am your host Vicky. First, we want to share with you guys a milestone we just reached with our podcast. It got featured by Apple Podcast, and our last episode just passed two thousand plays, and the number is still going up as we speak. Yay! Yay! Thank you so much for listening. This could not have been possible without you guys. So please subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, a big welcome to our new listeners. Today we have a very special guest to shed some light on China's ever-growing influencer culture and the economy behind it. But before we go into that, let's revisit the best dishes we've made for the past two weeks. Um, what was the dish that you would like to share with our listeners? Since we're following social distancing guidelines these days, I only go grocery shopping once a week. So to make sure I finish all the vegetables before they go bad, I made mala tang this past week. It's such an easy recipe, but also a whole pot of awesomeness. So mala means numbingly spicy.、Uh, it is a characteristic flavor from Sichuan chilies and peppercorns. And for the broth of the dish, I bought pre-packaged mala broth from an Asian grocery store online. Boil the broth in a deep cooking pot. Throw in my favorite meats and veggies. I had turkey meatballs, sausages, potatoes, tofu, spinach, mushrooms. You can even use the broth at the end to make ramen noodles. It is a very nutritious and wholesome dish. What's your favorite dish of the week, Vicky? Wow, I was literally salivating while you were describing mala tang. It's actually one of my favorite dishes from childhood. But my dish of the week is also another childhood favorite. It is called mapo tofu. A very popular dish from Sichuan Province. So I made it with tofu, ground beef, scallions, garlic, Sichuanese bean curd paste, and Sichuan peppercorns. It's also a very simple recipe where you cut the tofu into small cubes, mince the garlic and scallions, you smash the Sichuanese peppercorns into powders, and then you warm the wok with scallions and garlic, dropping the Sichuanese bean curd paste and smash Sichuanese peppercorn powders into the wok. Then you stir fry the ground beef for a little bit and add a cup of water. Uh, the last step of this dish is to drop the tofu cubes in the wok. You let it sizzle a little bit with all these spices, and then it's done. That is such a colorful description, and it sounds so delicious. But let's get back to the main course of this episode. What is it like to be an influencer in China? The world of internet influencers has changed and evolved over the past few years. With the rise of TikTok, or Douyin as it's known in China. And the increasing popularity of live streaming, being an influencer in China today is a multifaceted experience that intersects entertainment, social media, e-commerce, and technology. It is a fascinating topic that we cannot stop thinking about. Which is why, for this episode, we are so honored to have invited one of our friends, who is a real influencer in China, to share her journey to amassing over one million followers on TikTok. 
her reflection about the various changes in her life after becoming an influencer, as well as her hopes and plans for the future. We hope you enjoy our conversation. Here it goes. Vivi, can you introduce yourself to our listeners? Oh yeah.、Um, so hi everyone. This is Vivian. I currently work in in a university in Xi'an. Teach courses at Journalism and Communication School to students majoring in journalism and advertising. And I started to manage my social account two years ago, and generated over one million followers. So I consider myself as a slash assistant professor as a main occupation and online influencer as part time. Yeah. Oh wow, that's really impressive. Amazing. <laughs> Thanks. I think the one million figure is just so impressive.、Um, so, can you share with us what social media platforms are you active on, and what content、mm-hmm. do you share with your followers、um, on these different platforms? Mm-hmm. Uh, and most of my content are active on two platforms. One is TikTok Douyin,、uh, China version, and Sena Weibo. I actually have two IDs on these two platforms. One is named as Vivi Lao, which literally means Teacher Vivi.、Mm-hmm. So I share mostly about education and museum education. Another ID is named as Weishenshen, which means literally as Aunt Vivi.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> This is quite personal, so I share my lifestyle、uh, content mostly. So when you say lifestyle content, what do you mean?、Uh, basically, it's more random, so I can't categorize them as one、uh, theme. But it's more.、Um, it will. Exposed as a video content mostly, and some are my random thoughts, like、uh, women self growth topics. Yeah, mostly, and some of are my movie recommendation lists and book list. That's、mm-hmm. very interesting. So I'm kind of curious,、mm-hmm. like you have one million followers right now. Is that on both platforms, or or is it on Weibo, or is it on TikTok? No, it's on TikTok. So currently, I have、uh, more than one million followers on TikTok, and on Sena Weibo, it's eighty thousand followers. Oh wow! So wow. I'm kind of curious, especially on TikTok. When did you first notice you've gained a substantial following?、Mm-hmm. Well, actually, it was about one and a half years ago during a final examination season in China. I recorded a video for fun. I was holding a pile of test papers, walking out of the classroom, and wrote a caption like "What I am holding." I remember I uploaded this video at noon time and gave no special attention to it and regarded it as a random fun thing. But when I woke up the other day, I found my WeChat mailbox was overloaded with tons of messages asking whether the woman in this video is me. Mostly are from my students and my friends. Uh, honestly, I was shocked and overwhelmed. I checked the video I uploaded and found it was viewed over three hundred thousand times just over one night. And I kept exposing and catching attention on the platform in the following two days.、Um, and until now, I just checked the the same video, and it was viewed more than fourteen million times now. Oh wow! So it's just、wow. overwhelmed. Yeah. So why do you think that post went viral?、Mm, I think there are three factors, I guess.、Uh, so firstly, it was during the、uh, test season, so the platform need a hot topic, 
and it was the hot topic actually at that time. And secondly, it was this uh, it was a scenario. And most of the teachers deny or they don't really want to expose themselves on a social media platform, especially if you're working in a university. Most of people are pretty low key. I am kind of like a a panda rara on the TikTok platform because no other peers choose to, you know, um, share their content on that platform. So people feel, oh, this is a university teacher and she's kind of like uh, exposed her real life on the platform. So that's the second factor. And the third factor is um, TikTok is much more visual friendly. So on that video, I dress a striped dress, which look pretty, you know, like, like quoted pretty. <laughs> so I think body image is the third factor. Yeah, which lead it to, you know, gone viral on the social media platform. Yeah, this is my assumption. Vivi, your case is um, very unique. Like you mentioned, you are a professor in a university. Um, so then you became uh, an influencer almost by accident, as you recounted. Uh, just yeah. overnight, you got so many messages overflowing your uh, Weibo uh, inbox. Um, how has uh, becoming an influencer changed you, do you think, in terms of your lifestyle or just... Um, in terms of how you go about your work or uh, however you feel about this. Mm -hmm. So there's a first thing I want to correct, Vicky. Uh, it's not on my Weibo mailbox. It's on my WeChat mailbox because yes. people can <laughs> download the video from TikTok, Douyin, and they resend it on my WeChat and wow. reshare it on WeChat uh, moments. So that is a kind of like... Uh, second tier communication circle yeah so yeah <laughs> that, that 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 was quite um abnormal yeah so i came I, I come to your question um well i became famous in my working place i guess is the very first uh, big change in my life the famous is quoted uh which i felt quite uncomfortable at very first beginning but get used to it now um, I think I have more self-awareness on body image exposure, social menace, and social responsibility here currently. Um, so when you say that, like, could you could you give us an example, like, like uh, how I feel uncomfortable? Mm -hmm. Is there uh, a, is yeah. there an interaction that made you feel that way, or? Yeah. Uh, well, at the first beginning, some of my students. Um, they reacted very quickly because the other day I have courses, I have, I have classes. So I have to physically go into my classroom and my students will just uh, like uh, gossiping like, oh, oh, Vivi, you got famous on TikTok, you know that? And uh, uh, yeah, so I kind of like have a um, conversation with my students. I, and I think that feedback is quite um it's kind of like it's full of curiosity and uh, appreciation. But my peers, I mean my colleagues, they sort of um, gave me a feedback, both good and bad. Some are thinking, oh, you are trying new endeavors. And some are thinking, oh, you are putting more um, efforts on these kind of useless content 
but you didn't pay much attention on your academic work. So at the very first beginning, I feel much more pressure from my peers rather than other people. So that is a very uncomfortable experience at the first beginning. But since now, um, I have one. I have one advantage that other um, that other professionals because I teach journalism and communication. So I basically combine my new media endeavors to my teaching. I try to combine them together and find a balance point. Yeah. That's super interesting because you know, like TikTok, even newsrooms in、uh, the United States now nowadays they use TikTok, like the Washington、mm-hmm. Post, and they're, they're trying to reach more audience. So basically, it's it's、right. really it's it's genius that you're you know incorporating this into your classroom in a way. Yeah, definitely yeah. teaching them、yeah. some cutting edge、um, technology and how to use the new mediums、um, to start a career. I I was also just curious um, to、mm-hmm. um, learn about you know how has your family、uh, kind of reacted to you becoming an influencer、uh, on the internet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.、Uh, my family is quite open, and I think they just support me as much as they can. So that's a very big uh, confidence um, for me. Because if they don't support me. I will feel pretty isolated, <laughs> but if they support me,、um, it will just give me more courage. And for now, I even invited my mom to join my vlog and show her perspectives, like talking about social topics. Like,、uh, if she has a daughter who is over thirty years old and still being single,、uh, what is her comment? <laughs> so she's very,、um, she's. Very glad to join in. I feel so. I feel, yeah. I feel I am lucky to have a mom like her. Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet.、Uh, yeah, that's yeah. adorable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she is. So, for people who don't like, might not understand、uh, the Xiongnu phenomenon, like in China,、mm-hmm. or like you know, women who are over a certain age and they're not married、mm-hmm. yet, they're still single. Uh, like we we call them shengnu, like means、yeah. like leftover women in China. Could you just explain a little bit of a context、uh, there, like what's happening in China right now? Yeah. So actually, there's a background、um, incident I want to explain because I uploaded a video talking about my current situation as an independent but leftover woman.、Uh, I mean to encourage most of my peers to concentrate on self-growth rather than worrying about being single over 30 years old. Because I think it, this is a social problem in China right now. Because people think like women, you got to get married before 30 years old. But the statistics shows that more women are getting、uh, higher education and、uh, they can earn money, be independent, not like the the old times. But still, the the social pressure comes a lot. So people like me would feel social pressures、uh, from the matter from the family side, but also the society side. But for me, it's kind of like more relieved because my family gave me little pressure, but I still feel the the social pressure. So I uploaded that、uh, video on the TikTok Douyin. I chose to upload the video on International Women's Day, but received guess what? I received over forty thousand comments. The top liked comments are all from men and full of hatred. 
I felt pretty bad in the following three days and tried to find medical and psychological assistance, actually. So this is one bad experience on TikTok. And I feel I can get more, uh, you know, positive feedbacks, but actually it's not. So I'm thinking in China, leftover women still feel pressure and uh, the kind, some of them uh, can't afford of this pressure. So they, they hustle to marriage very soon. And this may lead uh, a further sequence, uh, consequence that they may come up to divorce, even some are domestic violence probably. So that's another reason which can explain why the divorce rate is going still still going very high in China. So I'm thinking if I can say something to women at my age, I may think uh, pay more attention to your self-growth rather than you know worrying about how other people think about you. Because finally the life is yours, not the others. Yeah. Even I face some of the hatred or the curses online, I still feel I should pay more attention to my own feelings rather than to, you know, um, be a good girl, be a good doctor um, in other people's eyes. Yeah. That is really admirable. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And I'm sorry that you had to go through that. No, no, no. I'm I'm happy it's all over now. And I still uh, feel uh, happy that after uh, five or three days, uh, five or six days, um, more female friends are sending me the the mail messages on TikTok mailboxes system, and I I read some of similar stories, and uh, I feel oh yeah I could give some courage to them and give faith to them, and I may probably do something good, so it's worth it. <laughs> Well, since you know you already have a million followers um, on TikTok, um, but you know the internet is uh, boundless. Uh, what other sort of initiatives or um, opportunities are you looking at to grow and expand your channels these days? Well, I should say I am self-motivated and I seldom say no to new endeavors like today's English podcast, which is absolutely a challenge for me because I didn't practice English for a long time. I'm still worried about my, you know, my whole performances. So I uh, actually, I collaborated with other influencers in different forms, like vlog, like TV shows. My criteria is that the endeavor is, should be meaningful and educational. If I could utilize it as a teaching material, and that would be perfect. So I did invite several influencers as guest speakers to my in my class, which was welcomed by my students. So actually, if if it is okay, and if you girls schedule permit, I would probably invite you to my class in the near future if you like. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> Can we promote our podcast there? <laughs> Absolutely. Come on. Yeah, Absolutely. I'm 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 on board if that's the case. And and also great. let us just be clear, your English is great. Thank you. And you are so yes, kind to be Your English is perfect. <laughs> Thank you. So just a quick follow-up to that. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm kind of curious how has the COVID-19, uh, the coronavirus global pandemic impacted the influencer industry just based on your experience? Mm-hmm. Well, I should say the impact is huge 
uh, no matter domestically or globally. Um, things are switching from offline to online mostly, including museum and education industry, which I'm interested in. Um, for me, my own teaching work goes online completely, even thesis defense for the undergrads. As an influencer keen on education, I didn't get affected severely, but some of my friends who are in um, tourism and movie industry get affected largely. So some of them are considering to find another job. But during the group home quarantine time, I tried live streaming for the first time and make it a routine program on my channel each Saturday night at 8.30. So that is my new endeavor. And I still think um, the live streaming may be, make real or develop even larger in the future. Yeah, that's that's so interesting. Um, can you share with us what kind of um, live streaming do you usually conduct? Uh, because we know that there are a lot of, um, you know, those e-commerce live streaming going on these days in China that's become quite popular. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, <laughs> my live streaming is quite random because uh, it was happened during the home quarantine time in China and most of people are staying at home, like kind of like a home jail, you know, people are so pessimistic. And I try to talk about more fun things mostly happen in my class. And, but now I feel if I want to do it routinely, I may probably uh, do it like a education talk show. So each time um, before my live stream began, I will uh, send a notice on my Weibo yeah, we're using the same ID, which has uh, 5,000 followers, which is not so large, but yeah, it's just uh, the same ID and ask people uh, what topics you want me to discuss with you guys. And uh, basically, I will leave three topics. It's kind of like a lecture um, at university. So this is my advantage, like uh, teaching at a university for over eight years. Um, I'm get used to, you know, have a preparation before giving a lecture. So this is uh, how I did. Um, and firstly, you should know in China, the online economy is actually in the index of economy vitality. So TikTok Douyin has a huge audience that statistically shows that more than 500 million active users every day. So for any brand owners, who want to get exposed, they will never miss new media, especially TikTok, Douyin. And secondly, the lifestyle is changing China, no matter the millennials or the older generation, especially after the impact of the coronavirus 19, people are choosing a safer and bargain way to consume or buy products. That's why live stream markets is booming now. So brand owners are considering to get exposed on influencers' personal channel, as well as selling their products at a promotional price efficiently and quickly. Because if a brand owner wants to sell their products on an influencer's platform, usually the influencer will only give them a time period like 15 minutes. But if the, the influencer have a very good impact, they may sell like over 100,000 pieces or 100,000 products in 15 minutes. That happened before. So this is crazy, but actually it happened. So some of my collaborators told me that they will evaluate 
which influencers more suitable to be a business partner. So based on his or her background, routine sales status, and personal charisma. So it's more like holistic evaluation before you enter in your dream school. So for me, I just want to combine my online experiences with my working experiences. It's kind of like that. Amazing. It's it's fascinating um, that you know the pandemic has sort of even led to the rise, contributed to the rise of this online economy a little bit. Um, have you yeah. partnered with any of the brands to conduct social media campaigns or or uh, online streaming or anything like that? Yeah, actually, I I collaborate with a. Was a jewelry or not jewelry? I can I, I I don't know how to define that brand. It was called Daniel Wellington. I don't know whether you girls heard about that brand before or not. We do it in an ad campaign on live stream um, channel. It generated over ten thousand RMB on sales status in one and a half hours. I consider it's not like a huge a huge sale status, but a, just for me as a as a professor at university, I still can do something to the brand owners. And secondly, I just challenge myself whether I can find another uh, efficient way to the brand owners to uh, communicate with their customers. So for me, it's kind of like uh, I gain more from that experience. And beyond that, before the coronavirus 19, I collaborated with um, Huawei. I guess you know this oh, wow. brand. <laughs> wow. yeah. Yes, I think every yeah. American does. 5G. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And other cosmetics brands uh, like NARS. Yeah, sort of like that. I'm kind of curious, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I'm wondering why do you think they picked you? Because you mentioned like charisma and like there's like certain standards. I'm kind of curious, like how uh, does your social presence, media presence fit into that profile? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I actually think about that issue. Um, actually, I didn't talk to the brand owners. I just... Uh, I just uh, yeah make a conclusion by myself based on my own experiences. So firstly, uh, the most product defined me the price the product price is relatively higher than most products on sell were sold on Douyin because the statistics shows that the most uh, fevered products on Douyin the price range is between thirty five RMB, uh, which is it's around $5. But for me, uh, no matter the Huawei watch or the, uh, or the DW jewelry or other cosmetics, um, the lowest price is about 500 RMB, which is nearly 80 US dollars. So I consider it as expensive. So they may find a influencer uh, who is persuasive, who, is, um, who has the authority to persuade their audience that uh, you're worth it and the product's worth the price. For me, I didn't want to cheat my um, audience or my, my fans. I, I do basic research to check whether the sales statistics online is good and whether the brand is, uh, is we can trust the brand. And also I bought that product before the 
they set up the, the campaign and to, to test whether it's a good product. So based on these research, I can tell my audiences that you can buy it with the price. And on the live stream um, platforms, the brand owners even gave some bargain prices or give extra gifts to my audience. So I'm thinking, well, why not? If you didn't buy it on my live stream channels, you buy it with the original price. But if you buy it in my live stream uh, chat room, you can get a bargain price, why not? And beyond that, I can give them professional advice, like how to use it and what is the ingredients in this cosmetic. So I think um, brand owners want to choose the influencer which has their own reputation or who, who has their own um, professional um, knowledge or skills which can benefit their own brand. It's kind of like a win-win strategy, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it definitely seems like it's a whole emerging industry now of um, live streamers uh, from China uh, specifically. Uh, I was wondering who are some of your favorite, uh, you know, live streamers or Chinese influencers? Who would you uh, consider to be your idols or your competitors? <laughs> yeah, uh, I actually have one. Uh, her name is Zhuzi. Um, she ever studied abroad in the UK before, and she's a photographer, she's a director. Um, for me, I like her because she's very real and she's good at screening and storytelling, which I felt I'm pretty lack of. Uh, I didn't come, I didn't regard her as a competitor. I just regard her as a, um, as a benchmark that I wanna be, but she's kind of like uh, the first tier. I'm sort of like the, the, the 10th or the, the 11th or the 12th tier. So it's kind of like a, there's a still a very, very long way to reach her. But I still feel like people like her want to create meaningful content because she is um, discussing with her fans, like the social problems, like I mentioned, whether women have to get married before uh, 30 years old and uh, whether um, your kid have to uh, have to have the family with a dad rather than your mom did women have the right to choose uh, who to get who to get married sort of like this so I'm thinking if you're an influencer you're you're not only you know generate generate the fun content but you're gave the positive vibes or positive energies. I think this is a, um, this is the, this is the thing um, that influencers should have, like the social responsibility, yeah. Well, you're too humble. That is all I can say. You are a great influencer. I love your content. Um, is, is there a particular influencer that inspired you to start this journey? Uh, yeah. Actually, he is my student. <laughs> uh, his name is Zhi Hao Will. You can search his ID name on no matter on WeChat or TikTok, Douyin. Um, he actually is my student during his sophomore year. And uh, I am his instructor on his um, public speech context. So when he was, um, when he was, in Shisu, I mean, Xi'an International Studies University, uh, studying uh, the broadcasting. We have a lot of 
uh, together, like practice practicing English, no matter for the main courses, but also for the English speech contest. Um, I feel like oh, this this young guy has a lot of potential, but I can't see clearly what is his future. And then I I observe or witness his growth from Xi'an to Houston. Um, and then graduated from the United States and then come back to China and become a full-time influencer or full-time vlogger and attracted more than 6 million followers on social media, including Sena Weibo, TikTok, Douyin. And I could feel like his self-esteem and, uh, and uh, confidence and faith is growing. And I feel like he's glowing each time I met him. So he's kind of like a life idol for me. Even he is younger and he's my former student. Yeah, I guess he's my idol. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's such a great story. So when you first started, <laughs> I'm curious when you first started, you know, becoming or like, you know, uploading content to TikTok, what were you thinking? Like, were you thinking that you're going to become an influencer or were you thinking that I'm just going to try this out? This is cool. I don't know if I'm going to become an influencer. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I, at the very first beginning, uh, I just uploaded random things and want to know the, the philosophy of this social media because I was teaching a new course at that semester. It was uh, the basic principles of new media, I guess. So I'm thinking, oh, TikTok is a real new media form in China. And I didn't know how to operate in it. I didn't know the philosophy of this new media. Uh, does that make sense? I, I feel it, it doesn't make any sense. So I get to use that even, and I, and I try different platforms. Uh, TikTok is one among others, and uh, others I tried Bilibili, we call it Bijan in China as well. Um, so firstly, it was for my teaching, and secondly, uh, when I started to operate my social media on TikTok, and I gained private guide from the from the student I just uh, talked to you girls, uh, Zhihao. So she, he gave me a lot of uh, help, like uh, how to. Uh, concentrate on one genre and how to edit your video because at that time I I only know how to shoot a video but I don't know how to re edit the video so he gave me a lot of support and help um, so I guess I have the I have the basic skill uh, which is uh, better than other you know random users who want uh, attract much more attention from that platform so I have my my own advantage yeah it's super interesting so you didn't set out to become an influencer you were just trying to figure yeah. out how this works yeah yeah gotcha. uh so vicky and i just recently read this article about the new national occupation list in china uh mm -hmm. now this list includes live streaming as an emerging industry so mm -hmm. I'm kind of curious because you might have more insight into this. I'm kind of curious how might that impact the growth uh, or the future of the influ influencer industry uh, or just live streaming industry in general? Well, for me, it's hard to predict now, but you will see a big lifestyle change in the future to everyone after this tough time. But if you read the government report just released it yesterday, you will find live streaming may develop in the long run. 
So in the consuming section, if you read that report, you will find the government pointed out clearly that encourages e-commerce and a 5G technology. So this is a big sign for um, the live streaming industry. So I'm thinking it will still grow and develop in the long run, probably like five years, I guess, especially after the coronavirus 19, because this is a tough time for both the, the ordinary people, but also for people who are doing business, right? Uh, especially they are doing the, the travel tourism industry and uh, and the food industry and restaurant and movie. And uh, I believe there are more possibilities in this industry, but I don't know what it will emerge because right now you will see uh, more and more professionals join in this industry. Even the president of, even President Xi, he visited Xi'an. He even promoted the local uh, veggies on the live stream platforms. So I think this is a sign to more people who used to have a stereotype over new media forms, they may have more chances to get exposed. I can't say whether it's good or bad, but I can see some museums. I consider most of people working in museums are kind of like stubborn and very old fashioned in China. They even try to use the live stream platforms to promote their exhibitions and their products or souvenirs museum souvenirs. So I can see um, changes happen in China, even in some areas or industries, I assume they may seldom choose to change. Yeah. That's super interesting. Uh, mm -hmm. I just kind of want to circle back to a question mm -hmm. I had earlier. Uh, you know, we talked about kind of like the misogyny that you faced as a female influencer online in China. Uh, I'm kind of curious, what are some of the unexpected opportunities you saw as a female influencer? Mm, yeah, currently, there's no um, obvious op opportunities which can on my uh, female status, uh, female status, but I try to collaborate with more local brands which um, encourages more women to study or to um, concentrate on self-growth, uh, sort of like the Shanxi Opera House in Xi'an and also IKEA. And we try to do some collaborations offline and online as a female influencer. I want to combine some of my perspectives in activity on purpose. For example, like I would rather to encourage more of my peers, no matter in Xi'an or other places in China, that your creativity, including your, your IQ, your education background, may generate not only attention, but also fortune. Um, I mean, you can earn money by yourself rather than only rely on your husband or your boyfriend, which at the end will give you more confidence and more freedom to choose what kind of life you want. So this is a, this is a principle or this is a basic principle I want to combine in a whole activity. But actually, this is not the, 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 the theme. <laughs> this is not the main theme of each activity. But as a female influencer, I want to combine some of my personal perspectives in an activity as some of the 
yeah, in some extent. That's, that's amazing. Extent. Yeah, that's amazing <laughs> that you're doing that. <laughs> Thanks. You girls are are also like my idol as well because <laughs> you girls have your main work, but you also try to start a new podcast. And you girls are female, are women as well. And I think basically we three have something in common, right? We try to do something new, try to challenge our limits, and try to gain more confidence. And try to be example in some way to our peers or to women who is younger than us, right? That's a great way to <laughs> conclude, reflect the overall theme of this、um, episode. <laughs> I believe so. Yeah. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you so much, you so for, much for your time, your experiences with <laughs> us. Yeah. Thank you. I enjoy it very much. <laughs>